0: the average investor over 30 years only made 3.66%. why? because of fees, because of because actual rate of return is a lot less than average because of behavior, emotions like and again, I'm it's not that I'm anti-market, I just it's there's no way that you can save your money out of this disaster. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about scary stats. This is a presentation that I gave about a month ago, and I did a ton of research for um, just the craziness that is going on in our country. And what I did was I am summarizing my research quickly um, into this podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see I'm here with my laptop. And the goal is I just want to give you a big picture because there is a couple of Key things that jumped out at me, um, but here was the thesis that I came up with. Number one, things are getting more expensive. This is a this is a this is a result of inflation, and also the difference between what we're making and, th- and the difference between what things are costing. Like people are not saving any money, so we're not saving any money, and things are getting more expensive. That's number one. Number two is taxes have to go up. They're already high, but they have to go up. if, if you just look at the research. Number three is your financial strategy is not working. It's super clear that America is not getting ahead financially. And finally, everyone, everyone's a strong word. Majority of people are underinsured or don't have insurance. So not only are things getting more expensive, taxes have to go up. What we're currently doing is not working and we're underinsured. And I, and I would make the argument that these this these four things are creating this perfect storm to really um, crush us all. So, um, let's let's talk about inflation. Inflation is this general increase in prices, um, and and essentially the fall in our purchasing purchasing value of money. And so, um, another way to say this is the purchasing power. So, if you look at inflation, you know things get more expensive, and you know this is pretty clear. If you if you ask your your grandparents what they paid for something, my guess is it was a lot cheaper. It's the same kind of money same dollars the, the currency didn't change what what changed is we are printing money and um, because of of the amount of money that's coming into our economy it just becomes less valuable it's a supply and demand what I did was I I went back and looked at it's 1960s flashback.com I don't know how credible this website is it looked pretty credible um, but you just look at some things in the 1960s like the average house cost seventeen thousand dollars what does the average house cost now? whole lot more than 17,000. The the a first class stamp was 4 cents. Um a gallon of gas 31 cents. The cost of a dozen eggs 57 cents. My my favorite was in 1960 you could get a burger for an average cost of 21 cents. And McDonald's burger at 1950 was 15 cents. Did the burger change? I would you maybe could make a solid argument that the quality was better than it is now. I, I don't don't quote me on that. I just it's ironic. It's like the same, the, a lot of these things are the same thing, like a stamp costs a whole lot more than four cents. Um, and why it's just, that's the the idea of inflation. Um, and so, yeah, it would, it would be really, really interesting to see, you know, you guys do an inflation cost at our website, betterwealth.com. You can do an assessment and that assessment pretty much shows your consumption, the amount of money that you consume, and we you can put in an, an inflation number there. And what that essentially says is, you know, to think that if you're used to spending eighty thousand dollars today, twenty years from now, that eighty thousand is going to be a lot more just to keep up with what you're currently spending. Um, the the on average historical inflation rate is over three percent, um, but there's there's something called lifestyle inflation, which essentially once you buy something new it's hard to go back. So we tend to spend more money as we make more money. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily logical, but that's, that's what you do. And so that, that gets factored in. And then there's other areas that have higher inflation. When you look at healthcare, when you look at the education system, um, even when you look at, you know, some things like homes in certain areas, they have a, a greater inflation rate. So one of the things that I looked at was college, 1960 to 2019. What was interesting is I looked at Harvard and all in Harvard tuition, room and board was, in 1960, was $2,370. I know, trust me, this is, this is in-state, by the way. I know that sounds ridiculously cheap. Today, tuition alone, we're not talking about room and board, tuition alone at Harvard costs $46,000. A little over, actually, 46000 $46,000. Tuition, room and board, and fees and everything combined, $67,000 to go to Harvard now. There are certain industries that are are, are increasing at more than the average 3%. Michigan State, um, if you are, you know, you know, Michigan State, if you're um, right now a resident um, would pay, or actually an out, out-, out-, out of state, because I want to just, um, look at apples to apples, and out-of-state would pay uh, one thousand five hundred and thirty dollars. This would be nineteen sixty. Um, now, the, with room and board and everything at Michigan State University, it's over fifty thousand dollars. Again, there are scholarships that factor into this. There's there's a lot more going on, but like that is a huge, huge gap. That's just a that's just an example of tuition being crazy. So the first the first thesis is things are getting more expensive i.e. people are not saving money. So the first area in these scary stats is we need to find ways to better save money now because America's not saving money. Things are getting more expensive and there's just this gap um, between the amount of money that you're making and the amount of money that you're saving. And unfortunately, we're not we're not saving any money, okay? Step number two or, or thesis number two is taxes have to go up. What's interesting is... Um, there was a time in our, in our history where taxes was, was 91%. Ironically, when you look back at the 1960s, that's when it was 91%. You looked at some of the things that were going on. Um, our country had to pay for things. If you look at what's currently going on in our country, it's insane. I write about this in my book. I don't want to go into all the details because that would take time, but you have to look at the rate and threshold as it relates to when we talk about taxes. So, um, you could have a rate of 50%. That means you have to pay 50% on taxes, but then usually because of our the way that we pay taxes, you don't pay 50% tax on everything. You pay you pay 50% tax in brackets. So the first, you know, maybe 10,000 or 12,000 is tax free. And then the next um, part is taxed at you know twelve percent. I'm just making this up. And then it's just like and so overall, it's not a true forty percent. It's maybe a little bit less than that. Um, But what what I want to note is is the rate and threshold can be changed at any time, and it can be very misleading. And so just beware. I mean, as the government, like if if our government needs to raise money, what do you think the best way to raise money is? It's it's pretty it's pretty crazy that. Um, the government, if they need money, they can literally make it against the law. Lo- like they can make a law to where they get money. It's just that's, that's a little bit interesting. Um, and so um, it's interesting because in, I went back to 1980 and looked at the national debt that we had, and it was less than a trillion. $878 billion, which is, which is a lot of money. That's a, that's a lot of money, um, but it, it's, it's dwarfs in comparison to what we have now and then if you look at the 1990 we we had 2.9 trillion you go to 2000 we had 5.7 trillion I dollars i sometimes don't think we understand how big a trillion dollars is in 2004 7.1 trillion 2008 10 trillion 2012 15 trillion 2016 19.5 trillion and it's, it's super interesting when I did, this is how crazy this is. When I did this, which I'm trying to look at the date, it was, it was about a month ago or so we had $25.9 trillion. Now I'm going to go to the us.clock.org. And right now, right now, this is, um, I'm recording this on July. I'm going to look so I can be referenced July 11th, right now, July 11th, we have 26.5 trillion dollars of debt 26.5 trillion dollars and counting what's even more alarming and, and again i i say this a lot on um when we have our lives just just because i want people to just wake up is the we have 80 trillion dollars of unfunded liabilities which makes up medicaid medicare social security defense interest on debt and all the other promises that we make that we just don't have the money for. How do you think we're going to pay for that? If you answered increased taxes, you are correct. And if you just look at where we are going as a country, like what entitlement programs do you think are going to get cut? Uh, it's just the, the, the sad reality of an entitlement program is is people are entitled to it and they, they rely on it and you are put in a tough situation. And so, again, I just want you to start thinking, I mean, there's a reason I'm such a huge fan of having good tax strategies and, and putting your money in an and asset um, just for that alone. But, but one conclusion that I made is taxes have to go up. This is something interesting. Um, Social Security trust fund will run out of money by 2035. Does that mean we're, the Social Security is going to stop paying out in 2035? I don't think so because that, be, that would be suicide for whoever is in office. That would be a disaster. The point of the matter is we have programs that are not i mean are literally draining they're not things need to change and i'm just saying that it's hard to take away money from someone that that's like the system's broken so how do we fix the system um what you need to understand is the government's going to be looking at areas to either cut spending or increase savings or increase revenue and how do they increase revenue is, is through raising taxes all right moving on i think i Beat that horse and uh, hard enough. Um, this is the next section. Is what we are doing is not working. This is just a couple um, stats that I pulled, and and again, this is these are from these are from Google, and so take this all with a grain of salt. But uh, a lot of these have a lot of these have um, very relevant stats, and and one thing that I noticed is there's not there's a need for people to do more research in just personal finance. But uh, total U.S. personal debt is $14.1 trillion uh, with an average student debt balance of over 35000 Okay, so that's, that's crazy. We just have a ton of personal debt as a country. Nearly 70% of Americans have less than $1,000 in their savings account. Why do you think when corona hit, everyone was losing their mind? It's because no one had money. When, when cash flow, when, you're, when your income is lower, you start panicking because you don't have any money guys, if we could just save more money, we would think better, we would have less stress, and I would make the argument that you could make more money because you would be in a better headspace. The retirement disaster, I saw one thing, that an average retirement account um, balance was, was less than 150000 Again, maybe I'm off by 100000 That's still incredibly low when you think about what that actually, like the, people are just not able to retire the way that they thought they were. And and one of the things that if you're listening to this and you're like wow like I've just not been thinking and I hate my job and I really have not done a good job with with saving for the future one of the things that you need to like come in and work with us is maybe it's not just finances it's might re it might be just rethinking how you make your money like that's this Better Wealth Unlimited that we that we're doing is so much more than just a product and just money it's it's mindset Um, Forbes in 2018 said American American paid $34 billion. Get this, 40, $34 billion in overdraft fees last year. That's crazy. That, that's insane. I mean, banks, banks. that's an example of banks making a ton of money on overdraft. What does that mean? They're making $34 billion on people that don't have money. Another study, this is from Magnify Money. Um, uh, Americans paid banks $100. And four billion in credit card interest and fees. Last one was just over fees. American American banks pay um, Americans paid banks 104 billion dollars in credit card interest and fees in 2018, up 11 percent from the prior year, and up 35 percent over the last five years. And what, what I can tell you is, um, credit cards are um, at all time high right now, mainly because of what's been going on. Um, in 2017, 43% of Americans spend more than they receive. That just goes back to just the disaster that we have. Um, a Gallup poll found that one in one third of Americans, 32%, maintain a, um, maintain a household budget. Don't really believe that. I want to actually. I mean, you have to understand polls can be misleading. That that means 32 people out of 100 that ask, "Do you have some kind of budget?" Say yes, and that that means you know. Uh, the majority of people, almost seventy percent of people, admit to having no sense of tracking their money. Um, Dow Bar is just a—it's pretty much Dow Bar is a study, independent study group that shows what do what does the average investor actually making. Now, if you read my book, you know there's a difference between average rate of return and actual rate of return. But the 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 actual rate of return, i.e., in this study over thirty years in the S and P five hundred was a little over ten percent. Okay, this is like if your money was invested in the S and P over 30 years in this in this calculation, it would be 10%. Okay, now um, they have an inflation rate at 2.6%, and they said the average investor over 30 years only made 3.66%. Why? Because of fees, because of because actual rate of return is a lot less than average, because of behavior emotions like and again i'm it's not that i'm anti-market i just it's there's no way that you can save your money out of this disaster that's what i want people to start thinking is there's no way that you're just going to like um put an extra percent into your 401k and it's all going to be fine like these are bigger issues that are going on and which is which is crazy to me um 401k and iras um are are regulated pretty heavily and and uh, right here, I said nearly one-third of Americans who participate in a 401k um, define contribution, say they have taken out a loan from their savings plan. And so, I mean, there's just the people that are are, are funding 401ks are tapping into it, which are not super efficient. Um, and 44% of of people, uh, of those who borrowed against their retirement plan, say they regret that decision. And And essentially, it's like, Yeah, they they regret it because it's it's usually 401ks are not designed to access or tap into your money throughout your life. Um, The and as it is, by the way. Um, In 2016, the CPA financial planners conducted a survey to see what their clients were worried about. And if you can guess, what were they worried about? 41% reported that running out of money, cash was their biggest concern. People are afraid of running out of money, and they should be, um, because if you look at the distribution rates, Right now, they're less than 4%. What does that mean? You can, you, by the way, Vanguard has an amazing tool on this. If you go to Vanguard Nest Egg Calculator, you can put in just a just a money, and, and it can pretty much tell you the probability of you having at least a dollar over a period of time. I put 30 years. And so what you find is 4% um, makes the probability of you running out of money somewhat high. And so right now, the traditional, typical financial planning way is less than 4% distribution rate. So just do the math. If you have a million bucks, a million dollars, you can take out 4% quote-unquote safely, meaning over 30 years you'll have a, a a good chance that you'll have some kind of money at the end of 30 years. So $40,000, which by the way is not a ton of money and very few people actually have a million dollars in that kind of account unless you made it some, some somewhere else. But a million dollars, it's just not an efficient way to to spend money in retirement. Big big problems. It's not very uh, strategic and yet that's what a lot of people are being taught. So not only are you locking up like s- growing your money not very efficiently, but now you need a lot of money to just kick off the interest of what you could be earning. And and again, I just I I also had a slide in here that says now factor in inflation. Even if you had a million dollars and you were taking out $40,000, what is that actually going to be worth in 10, 15, 20 years? Because $40,000 right now is not a ton of money, uh, especially for someone that has a million dollars in account. Um, so it's just, it's just kind of eye-opening. Um, just recently, um, pretty much, I, I highlighted in this article, 3 million auto loans, 15 million credit card accounts are in some kind of program to let people skip or make partial payments. 9% of all mortgages have entered forbearance. And so it's just, it, it's, it's, the, the writing's on the wall. We, we are spending money that we don't have, and it's a problem. So just, just in summary, you know, inflation's going up. Things are getting more expensive. I think we all know that. Taxes have to go up. And, and what we're currently doing is just, whether it's how we save our money, how we get our money out, it's just, it's just not working. It's just not effective. And then finally, when we look at underinsured, I mean, there's a lot of studies, whether it's the amount of life insurance that you have, whether it's the amount of people that are gonna get disabled throughout their life that don't have anything to do with disability insurance, like the the problems are, are big and 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 the questions that I have for you, I mean I, I, I could go into a lot more. We're we're kinda running out of time and I, I don't want this to be super long, but people don't are not insured as it relates to if something happens to them, like your number one asset is yourself and your whole model, your whole life is built on you bringing in money. What happens if you get injured? What happens if you get disabled? What happens if you get sick? Like this stuff happens and very few people have a long-term plan for that. Your, your company might have some kind of short-term disability, but very few people have long-term disability. What, what happens if your whole model is built and something happens to your life? your family and your your kids, your debts like they still they still exist. What happens if you have all these assets and then you go into a nursing home and that nursing home just starts eating away at all the money that you work so hard for. People across the board are underinsured and this is one thing that we have better wealth, like we want to not only help you pay less in taxes, understand how inflation works, and give you a better way to grow your money, but we also want to help you protect it. So a couple of the questions that I that I want you to ask yourself is do you agree that cost is going up? I, I think it's pretty clear that it is. Do you agree that taxes are going up? Do you agree that the typical way has failed? This is the typical financial planning. And is is underinsured a problem for you? and so the questions that i would ask is how can i be more efficient with your income we need to start thinking about ways that we can make more money and keep more money because taxes could be a big threat to the money that we take home the second question is how can we be more efficient efficiency is so key you guys this is looking at how we optimize our cash flow how we optimize our assets how we minimize the debts in our life the drags on our money and the third question is what are strategy what are strategies that um that we can take um, into consideration that can make this better. Uh, obviously my book is a good area to start. There's a lot of different strategies that can help us up our game. Um, if any of this interests you, go to betterwealth.com, check us out, we have an assessment that factors in a lot of what I'm telling you. We have, you can get my book, the Better Wealth uh, and the AND Asset. You can You can just reach out to our team. Like we are committed, we, we want to serve people. That's why we set up our company in the way that we have. Because we believe education is key but we also believe that implementation with the right team is is a must and so yeah scary stats um this is this is reality and we want to be the company that gives reality and also gives hope and i'm telling you there is a better way this does not have to be your life but if we don't know the problem the solutions don't quite matter and so that's why i have a moral obligation to get on here and share um some things that i'm working on thank you so much for supporting if you're listening to this on on a podcast if it's apple it would mean the world to me if you could take two minutes and, and scroll all the way down and hit five stars and give us a review. We're trying to get as many reviews on our show as possible. And if you're watching this on YouTube, um, if you could like and share and, and comment, I read every single comment, and we're just continuing to try to grow our message. Take care. Make sure that you're continuing to live an intentional life and being intentional in everything that you say and do.